Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. I am your host, Chris, and I am joined with the star of the Flicky Podcast, Mr. John. How are we doing? Um, okay. How was, how was, well, how was your Thanksgiving? Good, good. We went to Florida, biked a lot, played pickleball, um, had a great dinner. It was, it was really nice. That's nice. That's good. You do anything else or you just like do that kind of stuff? Yeah, basically we went out like, uh, cause my wife's whole family was there, Mm -hmm. uh, her sisters and, uh, mom and, um, uh, we went out almost every night. Okay. Ate a lot of steak. Oh wow! Okay, like too much. Like I, I, I thought I was gonna lose weight on that trip because we were, we were like yeah. being so active. I gained weight. Okay, so it's a lot of steak. Trying to work that it's out. A lot of meat. Yeah, a lot of meat. Um, how was yours? It was alright. Yeah, same shit, different day. Yeah, that's uh, how it usually is. How was the weather? Me. Nice. Uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it, it was nice good. Here. It was a. I know. It was uh, overcast the first couple of days, and then and then it got really hot. Actually, really humid. Yeah, I'm jealous. Um, but yeah, it was nice. The only bad thing is that it is Florida. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the one drawback of Florida. That is that, is, that it's, it's Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about meat on the bones. We're gonna review uh, a movie this week with a lot of meat on its bones. Yeah. Uh, uh, Save in Private Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which they failed to do. The the thin, uh, the thin uh, red Western Front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm being facetious. It's Netflix's uh, All Quiet on the West Front, uh, which feels like a combination German. of those two movies. Yeah, in um, a way. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have thought. I have my thoughts. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, before we go into uh, our review, and it won't be as entertaining as Roadhouse, it'll be a little <laughs> bit more analytical. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I do have a question. This is the highbrow podcast. This, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite novel, War and Peace? Right. Um, so I have a question uh, in our Ask John segment uh-huh. that is brought to you by Nobody. Um. Who do you think? I'm going to limit it to just like American and British directors, not international. Uh, directors. Okay. Who would you think is the most underrated, like Hollywood director? Living mm. or dead doesn't matter. Uh, Hollywood. So um, I'm going to I'll put British people in there. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. They worked a lot in. The- uh, Hal Ashby comes to mind. Okay. When you ask a question, I think he's a great director. Uh, pro- you know, he is. Uh, I mean, Sidney Lumet is probably number one because he, just because he's not talked about yeah. as much like you know the Coppola, Scorsese, Spielberg's, Lucas. Um, but Coppola, I mean, the guy started with Twelve Angry Men, and like the last movie he made was Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy just has an amazing filmography. Yep. Um, also, a director, he didn't write, so you know a lot of those. You know, he was helped by great scripts, but he knew how to pick mater- yeah, material, work with it. Yeah, um, I mean, he directed Network, and uh, you know, just a ton of great films. Uh, so yeah, Lamette, Hal Ashby comes to mind. Um, you know, Harold and Maude, Coming Home. Um, what other? He did a couple other really good films. Again, just really he did a being director. There, right? He did being there. Yeah, I love yeah. being there. Um, one of my favorite endings ever to a movie, maybe. Um, and Ashby apparently came up with it like on the spot. They didn't really have an ending, and he, it was his idea. Oh, well, that's like the well, the original All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Similar to that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, wait, what do you mean by that? Uh, the famous ending to the original All Quiet on the Western Front is not in the book. It was just oh, a, yeah. it was just an ending he, uh, Lewis Milestone thought of, and he didn't even have the actors 
That's why you oh, just see really? like close ups of hands and stuff like that a lot. I so actually don't. So we'll talk about it. Uh, this podcast. I haven't seen the the original yeah. 1930 All Quiet on the Western Front. I haven't read the book. I looked up. I did spoil the book for myself because uh, I just wanted to get more context. This was after I watched the film. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to get it. Um, uh, you know, get uh, biased watching the movie or whatever. Uh, because I had, re- I kept reading that people who were diehard loyalists to the book did not. Not everybody, but a lot of them uh, didn't seem to like the film, and they didn't like that they changed the ending. So I was like, "Oh, what's the end?" I'm like, uh, "It's not that different no. um, from what I understand." But we'll get into that. Yeah. So maybe you could, you'll get into the uh, the movie ending as well, the 1930 movie ending, yeah. which I didn't know had a really famous ending. Yeah, I mean the ending to All Quiet on the Western Front I know is famous in itself. So you got to yeah. the ending's got to pack a punch, but yeah. Um. So, but it does sound like. Well, well, let's hear what the 1930 ending is first, and then I'll say, but uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that the 2022 version maybe has the weakest of the three. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little confused. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd say Sidney Lumet. Okay. That's if I choice. had to pick one. Good job. All right. I can't argue with that. That's a good choice. Do you have an answer in mind? Uh... Right. Well, so people, a lot of people think, at least when we were growing up, like what you, everyone would call me like a, a hipster douche, uh-huh. and like I'm look, I think, you know, I think directors, I would probably say either, and they are acclaimed, but like I, especially with people our age, they're kind of like losing their um, respect. Yeah, I would say probably either Billy Wilder or uh, mm. Howard Hawks. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you could call those guys underrated, though. They just people to, don't to know peop- them. People don't know their film history, though. I know what you mean. Howard Hawks, I think, is actually a good one anyway. Um, look, at, look at how many different kinds of movies they made. Well, the, the craziest thing with Billy Wilder is he's the kind of... He's so influential that if you look back and watch some of his films now, they seem cliche. Yeah. Because he, like, invented... He invented uh, so film many noir. tropes. He, he invented film the rom com. He invented the rom com. The apart every yeah. single rom com follows basically follows the template of the apartment. Yeah, like every single one. Yeah. Um. So he's almost a victim of his own success. That's I mean that's how influential Billy Wilder is. It's it's kind of crazy actually. Yeah. He's ama- Both those guys are really amazing just because of like how um, what's the word I'm looking for. Very, like I said, varied. That, that's not a good word. I'm, I'm looking for. They're like one. eclectic. They are very eclectic. That's, a, that's a better word. Versatile. Versatile is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Like just so many different genres of films. And Wilder wrote affected. all his shit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that guy was an auteur. Yeah. Um, I would say pro those guys because like people like especially they're gonna go down in history though. I mean, Lamet to an extent, but I think Lamet in the annals well, of film history will York. still stay underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, very yeah, New York. He loved, he loved doing that. New York films, it seems like, unless that's all he could get his hands on. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he was very New York film director. And yeah. we're New Yorkers, so maybe you know yeah. that's a certain bias there. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I tend to like New York movies. Yeah, so, so do I. So, uh, but yeah, that would, that would be the, either one of those is my opinion, just because I like you talk to people like out, you know, really our age and like who like film and it's like they, they don't really... Uh, you, know, you got to know film history. Stuff. I mean, I you know, even when I loved films, I didn't know who Billy Wilder was for a while. Yeah. 
um and i like watched i would watch his film a few of his films and howard hawks films without knowing who howard hawks was yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah uh okay so that was that you want to get right into the the movie here <clears throat> so i was thinking about so I where think the story a good movie i i don't know how we feel about it. so here here's the thing and i don't know if i'm actually being unfair but this this is my thought process because i specifically went and i was like I'm watching this going, what's this movie about aside from survival? <laughs> I mean, is it, it it seems like is it about the horrors of war, the the yeah. disenchantment of war um and so I don't know how fair it is to compare it to a book cuz actually obviously books and films are similar, but All Quiet on the Western Front the book has had a very specific message and it's in and it's anti-nationalist. It's anti. Well, it's anti-nationalist, anti-imperialist, anti-war. Yeah. And basically, it's a book that uh, expresses basically the meaninglessness of war and the bag of goods you're sold in order to fight a war on the side of your fatherland or motherland. And it doesn't really mean anything, and it's all and it drives you to be nihilistic and anti-human and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So um, that's a little more specific than just the horrors of war. It's specifically what the horrors of war do to you as a human being. Yeah. Right. Um, if that's what, and that's really that's really shown not only in the book but also there's a couple scenes in the original movie where Paul goes back home as like a leave. Yeah, and right. That's what they don't, and he can't relate to anybody. He, not it's not only that he can't relate to anybody because of like he's gone through. Well, they called it shell shock back then. Yeah, yeah. And you know all that kind of just the craziness of what that war was, but also like he sees that, um, like the people he went home to visit, so friends and family, or just like people in the German town, uh-huh. they think like the war is going to end soon, and that they're do- that they're doing well. They're just being completely lied to. Right. And he gets called a coward for like telling them like this isn't the reality of what is going on. So he uh-huh. gets so he gets like pretty much driven out of his uh you know, before his leave because like he's he's literally called a coward. Wow, really? Yeah. Cuz he's be- like cause he's being a fatalist. He's basically saying uh we're not winning this war. We're not we're not going to win this war. Uh we're nowhere close. Uh like no land is being like given, you know, back right? Because he's forth. on the front, and they're just Correct. and they're just in trenches, and they're moving. Everyone's inches at a time. Yeah, all my friends are dead. Like this isn't great. What are you talking about? Right. Um, so. so yeah, so that's what the book, what the the book, book is about. The book was censored in Nazi Germany. Yeah, was, Goebbels like called the guy, and the movie was too. Makes sense. I mean, Goebbels, Goebbels called the guy uh, a coward. Right? He yeah. lied. He tried to, and he would. Uh, spread propaganda that he was Jewish and like so he made we so like oh and that's why he wrote it cuz he wasn't really a german right yeah. um, he was the he was the jews that sold us out yeah right right we're that we're the, that's the reason we lost world war 1 right exactly not attrition yeah um so listen if that is meant to be the message of this movie and it seems to be seems to be i think this movie failed i don't really know what this movie is about just looking it in the just not knowing anything about the book not knowing anything about the themes of the book or why it's famous or the 1930 movie i'm watching this movie and going what is this about beyond the horror the general 
horrors of war. I don't really see what it's about. I don't really see it as a character-based film. I don't think we really get to know these characters all that well. This, the, the you know, no. It's a, it's more about they take the away war. Things to put the reality, the real, the stuff reality, in. right? That's, I mean. So you don't get a you don't get a feeling of who Paul is compared to the, no. the other movies. Even his even the kids like his, the friends. I I get there's no time. I get, it's a long movie already, yeah. but they don't do a great job. Or, or I, I won't say don't do a great job. The film doesn't even seem that interested in getting us to know these kids and actually emotionally connect to them. No. So when they all die, I mean it's sad, but like I it's not gut-wrenching or anything well, i mean there are some horrific scenes in this film for sure that are effective oh yeah, it's very real but uh i don't i'm watching this going what do you have to say that every other war film that i've seen hasn't already said and i don't see it i i like my thought is i don't know why this movie exists i think it's trying to say partly that um world uh at least on from a german perspective the horrors and uh, the failure of World War One led to um, World War Two, and that's what I think partly of. I think that's hinted. They, they certainly the, foreshadow that. The, so they take a real. They took the real life uh, negotiations and put this in the movie, right? Yeah, that's not in the book at all. Oh, um, really? They don't talk. They don't no. on the train. All no, right. that this is. It's all personal account. Yeah, this is all. That was all. A director's and writer's choice to do something different from the other movie i believe okay but to like try to get the same sense of what was going on and um because part the sequel to all quiet on the western front uh i don't know i don't know how to pronounce his name eric maria we i don't know how, how the author's book the author yeah i i don't Rem, know remarque i think yeah okay he um he wrote a book about the, the some of the soldiers who uh, survived the western front coming home Oh yeah! And, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and I didn't. I've never read it, but I know about it. and I know what it, the themes are, and the themes are like uh, essentially watch out for the Nazi party. And this was two years before. Really? Yeah. Oh, he predicted it. He knew they were. He dangerous. predicted the that he predicted that the nationalists will use this defeat for nefarious reasons. Yeah. Which he was correct about, and I feel like the real life negotiations are put in there to highlight that. I think that's right. partly one of the. I think that's part of what this movie is trying to say is that, um, the that like fascists and ultra nationalists will use stuff that e will use stuff to, you know, propagate their own. They, they don't really care about like the Pauls who die, right? Well, they say they do, just like the, any of the elites do. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but you have to Although be careful. And, you know, they'll sell out the people who are actually trying to help, at least with this, pacify the war. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that that's what those scenes were about. So those actual negotiations, good scenes, I agree good storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Those movie. scenes were good. They were good Especially scenes. the long table. It's like Citizen Kane. Yeah, right. Um, and they were actually really tense scenes. And, you know, he does say, like, listen, this treaty, this... this the, this deal you're offering is oh, Germany got fucked. Yeah. And we all know this. I mean, the treaty yeah. of Versailles famously crippled them. Yeah. Uh, and he no said, <laughs> yeah, for no reason. And the, and he said, you know, you get something along the lines that you're going to drive this, our country to desperation and it's going to, we're already in chaos. Yeah. People are going to starve. Like, you know, um, 
And there's even a moment where, and they don't get into it, but the French general goes, you're going to talk about fairness, which I thought was interesting because that was basically him saying like, you know, look what you guys, you guys started this. You know, essentially, it seemed to be the subtext, whether it's true or not. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah I, would I, mean? I would disagree. I would. Because I, I <laughs> mean, I've written many papers subtext. on World War One. Uh-huh. I love World War One because it's, uh, it's a gray war. It's not, yeah. it's not like black and white, like kind of like World War Two. Yeah, at least you know, the story that they tell us. Yeah, but even you then, know. there's there is a good guy and a bad guy. This yeah, World yeah. War One, the there's no good guys, there's no bad guys. It's really kind of the elites of their own countries subjugating middle class and poor people to to right. fight for them, and that's that's the real story of that war is classism. Yeah. That's why it changed society. Yeah, I mean World War One. People still say to this day like we're we're still reeling from the effects of world war one. Like our current society is a result of world war one. Like we're still living in its shadow. Yeah. I mean, there were parts, there were parts of the world where like 80% of the men in certain towns and, and places and sections of the world were mm -hmm. wiped out, mm -hmm. which is crazy. You're completely changing societies. I mean, you're just yeah. radically transforming societies, you know, just by that alone, just by casualty numbers. Um, yeah, but I don't know much about World War One. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I've yeah. listened to a few podcasts I mean, on it. Like, there was a part. There was yeah. like parts of like I saw like uh, I know like the German army, and it's true to an extent. World War Two, from what I understand, the German army was like the greatest army in the world, like by far. They just didn't have the allies in World War One. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I would say the British Empire had, were, were better. Were, even they were they were they were the same. That's. So the British Empire were always kind of allies with Germany until uh -huh. World War One. Their natural enemy for both of them was France. Yeah. And what happened was, you know, there's a lot to go into it, but I'll, the small version is that Britain realized that Germany's going to become an Germany's going to become an imperial power that gotcha. will rival them. Right. And right. they're like, we got to nip this in the bud. So right. We'll join them with the French. Okay. Um, okay. Was yeah. They they had nobody. The Germany had a bunch of. They had Austria, right? Yeah, I mean that was it. A bunch of yeah, it was them. So, um, so anyway, sure. So that that is that's what those scenes are about. But even there was a lot of I was going to say I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of in those scenes. I felt like there was a lot of uh, Renoir's grand illusion in it, where they try to uh -huh. put the classism in it. Cause well, you because see... there's the juxtaposition. Well, Correct. he certainly does that because he has. He'll have, have those juxtaposed. They have fresh food. They're eating the croissants. Yep. There's a scene where that crazy Velvet, general goes. Uh, not sorry. The French general goes. Were these were these baked today? Yeah. Like and he's like offended that they weren't. Right. Yeah. It seems to be the implication, as opposed to the soldiers who are risking their lives to steal a goose and eggs and shit. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure in there. And that see that does seem to be, in my opinion, why those scenes are in there is more so yeah. than. Obviously, we're going to talk about the armistice because it's important in the film in and yeah. of itself. Um, so they're going to it's give us context for that. Right. Um, and then you have the juxtaposition between classes and the elites negotiating versus how the war is actually operating yeah. on the ground. And they did it that way because in the book and in um, the movie, the 1930 movie, um, they do the classism because there is there's a lot of classism in in it. Uh -huh. um, it's subtle, but it's there. And it's kind of like, um, in a way, it's very much like uh, Full Metal Jacket, where they hate their drill sergeant. Oh, okay. Their their um, like captain, 
He's and he's not in this movie at all. And I was like, it's kind of important. He should be in there. Was he the guy that was being an asshole to everybody at first? No. no oh, that's not it's, him. This guy was actually like a main kind of a main character, and he um, is like very much a nihilist, and nobody trusts him because he's just like this gung ho. Like I want to take over every inch of land that I can, so I can yeah. be a fucking hero. Meanwhile, I don't care that these I'll people are slaughtered. I'll throw as many bodies in there to get there. Yeah, what happens is that he like goes over the front because he thinks he's at some point he thinks he's gonna have all of them join him, and he just gets fucking shot dead because they're oh. like fuck him. Wow. Yeah. So they're they're they get that point across through that way, and I feel like that 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 those scenes with that character who actually should have been in the movie because yeah. it really drives it home. But then um, it's a different script. I mean, that, this is the thing. The movie yeah. doesn't, I won't call it unfocused, but to me, there's not, I don't see a very strong point of view. Like, even the futility of trench warfare, even that, the the little uh, sum up at the end where it goes, they were, you know, the Western Front, why it's called All Quiet on the Western Front, is because the trench warfare, they were, it was, it was futile. Like, yeah. you, you were just, you were, uh, gaining maybe meters at a time. Yeah. They don't even focus on that in this film. Actually, a lot of the scenes aren't in the trenches. They're off base. They're waiting to get sent back into the trenches. You know, they're going when they're stealing the farm. They're on a base where they're sleeping in bunks and everything else. Um, so that's not even, uh, that doesn't even come across. Um, you know, convincing the kids and the romantic the romanticizing of war to encourage these 18-year-old yeah, and 17-year-old kids to sign up that's there a little bit yeah. but i still like it seems uh and it's and i read that the book made much stronger point of this that the guy giving the speech to rouse the kids mm -hmm to join the army effort and they're like yeah whatever he had actually a much bigger part like they dug the the writer dug deeper into the idea into the fact that these older men were rousing and basically propagandizing these kids and encourage you know basically being motivational speakers to recruit them yeah right you don't even get that really in the film so you have that one speech no. but the kids already have agreed before that scene that they're gonna enlist anyway Correct. So it was a, it was already a, a moot point. So I didn't even see, I didn't even think that came. It's a two across. and a half hour movie, John. I know, but like you, and listen, you gotta you gotta focus. But I I'm thinking, where did this two and a half hours go? There's a lot of dead air, in my opinion. There's a lot of long shots of them talking. They're in the bunks with the French girl, and, and he walks away, and he's stealing the goose, and then they steal the eggs, and then the kid shows up like Jason. Uh, and shoots him dead. I mean, I, I, I thought that was a silly way to die. Yeah. I didn't like that, and that was a change from the novel. I looked yeah. that up. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There was a lot the of... Ending, the ending leaves a lot to be desired because they didn't want to copy... It just copy. I, they I don't understand. They didn't want to copy famous. Like, endings. he dies of a war wound in the book. That makes sense. Like, the guy's going to make it all the way to the end, but he gets shot dead by a farmer. Oh, it's very Hollywood. Because they wanted to steal eggs on a, you know, basically as a joke. Like, yeah. they didn't even really need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. That's how the guy's going to go out? That's mm -hmm. that's like a cop. It's, it's, it's cheap. It, like, you're robbing us of something. Yeah. Um, so, because Cat is, a, I think, the... I didn't really like the ending. No, I thought he was the most likable character in the film because I thought I, I knew him more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Paul barely talks. Because yeah. um, you're kind of seeing, which I understand, you're supposed to like kind of be seeing it through Paul's eyes. 
but he's not an, an active character. Really. No, I, so I I don't know. I just feel like this film. I won't say scattered, but it was just general. Everything was general. The horrors of war is general. The classism juxtaposition is general. The relationships of uh, the kids to each other is general. The idea of young kid, the the theme of young children being propagandized to recruiting into the joining the war. Okay, that's there, but again, it's pretty general. It's pretty surface level. I found mm -hmm. it all kind of superficial because they didn't have the time to go into it in depth or they didn't want to make a choice. Like you can't you can't dig into the classism too much. Like we had a few scenes where the guys are eating food and they're on the train and they're having their coffee and he's taking a piss yeah. when the friends show up. Like you don't need that. Like you only need it one time. It's enough. And then you have all the scenes with the general where I get the juxtaposition of that. It was it was the the social democrats versus the nationalists, which that guy's supposed to represent. That general he's like, we're going to do one more last strike yeah. because he's a true preacher and he wanted his own glory in the war. Maybe that they took the captain. They took a few from that. They took a few things like you the, know archetype when the or, uh, when he stabs yeah. the Frenchman at the end of the movie and he's apologizing. Yeah, that happens way earlier. Well, that was a note I had. So that uh, so that scene first off, way too long, that way too long way a scene. Earlier. One, two. This is a year and a half into the war. Yeah, so he's, he's a lot of people. Already. He's he's already desensitized to this stuff. He's already watched all his friends die. Yeah. He's been in the trenches for a year and a half. Yeah. So that was exactly a note I had. I was like, he's still not, like he would be numbed out at this point. Yeah. Like if he was like that, should have been the scene. There should have been the scene where he killed the guy, and he's completely numb to it. Mm -hmm. That should have been the scene. So that doesn't even track. Mm -hmm. And that scene again, way too long. You could have been a yeah. lot more economical with a lot of other scenes, yeah, he especially was, when he you're was, trying to jam in five, like he was gargling at least on his three different a long scenes. Time. He's constantly gargling. He was and like and he then, was dying. And he looks at him, and then he apologizes, and he's still gargling, and then he like promises he's yeah, he going to send. He didn't go out like Quent with Jaws. Yes, exactly. Where it's a quick, you know, <laughs> just quick, happens. Quick crunch, boom, done, dead. Yeah. You know, so yeah. even those scenes, like. Even this, you know, there just scenes like that. Like, the, I don't even say they're drag because this film I actually thought went by pretty fast. It was an entertaining movie. Um, but it's well I, made. I'll say it's that. yeah, technically well made for sure. Uh, but all even the shots of the the running brooks and the forests and oh, stuff. that's why I said the thin, it's like it's like yeah, it's, I'm it's, like it's Terrence Malick yeah, meets Terrence Steven, Mal right. Steven Spielberg this movie. Uh, a little artsy fartsy, pretentious, a lot of nature, nature shots. Um, which again, if I'm if if you want to pull an interpretation out of me, I could say you, you're juxtaposing the beauty of nature with the horrors of uh, human war. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm making shit up right now, um, and I'm not doing it very well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just it, – it's not all over the place. It's just – it's focused nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's not unfocused, but it's not focused anywhere. Um, and, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm talking a lot, so maybe, maybe you have a rebuttal. Maybe you don't well, agree. I mean, I, I enjoy the movie. It's just nowhere near as good as the – I mean, the first movie is a masterpiece. It, it's just, uh -huh. you know, it is. It's long. Don't get me wrong. It's a fucking it's like a, long. It's over movie. three hours. That movie, right? No, no. It's a. It's, um, it's about the same. It's about two and a half hours. Oh, it is. Okay. Two hours and forty minutes. Uh, the thing is, the like the war scenes are exhilarating, especially for that time period. Uh huh. It's it's they're excellent. But um, you know, once you, it, it's hard to get past sometimes the old timey acting. 
uh, like the dated the Atlantic accent and stuff, or just like the, everyone sounds kind of like, like Edward G. Robinson. Like, yeah. like hey, I yeah, know, get, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. a little bit like, like the that. radio voice. Yeah, because um, uh, not only did I watch this movie twice, <laughs> I watched the original, and I watched G.W. Pabst West Front, nineteen eighteen. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Yeah. How long is that one? It's not that long. Okay, that's not long. That's under two hours. Okay. Um, I found it's it that movie's fucking bleak. Um, it's way more bleak than All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, it's not as good. Um, there's actually I found a lot of similarities between this and the new All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, uh, but, 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 but what was I gonna say? Yeah, it's just not as good. Um, because Paul Paul is the major focus point in that movie. Yeah, he's very active. He's you see. Uh, everything through his eyes, but he is a driving force behind the story. He, right. He hates uh, Himmeltoss, I think his name is Him- Himmeltoss, the captain I was talking okay. about. Okay, yeah. Can't stand him. Uh, you see him going home, like I said, and him trying to explain to the people Which what's seems to be a really important on. part of the This movie needed movie. that. Like, you really, I mean, if you really- Especially if, you if wanted... you're going to open the movie with him and the Fatherland speech. Yeah. He needs to be going home telling them, uh, this is not a rah rah situation here, right? Um, but even and they do hint at it where Cat says like, "How are we gonna live back in society?" You know, yeah. he he literally says that. Um, they're gonna write war novels. That's how they're gonna do. It. Yeah, exactly. But you you never. It would have been nice to get that sense. And listen, you don't need it if that's not what you're gonna make your film about and you're gonna change it from the novel. But that did seem to be what they were trying to make the film about, right? I mean, he literally says in the movie. I'm not, we're not, how are we going to fit in society? So that's an that's an important theme you're touching on then, mm-hmm. um, that you don't aren't interested in exploring, um, even, and it just th- there was a lot of mundane scenes that could have been replaced with other stuff to dig deeper into this these themes, um, like even Paul. I think and they're again, trying to show that sometimes as as horrific as the war, it not only just war was for that war, but just war in general is. Uh-huh. There's a lot of like boredom in between these just spurts of yeah uh, i could see that of, of danger uh i got a better sense of that in three kings right that's literally what that movie's about yeah except the gulf war was boring Bull- as fuck. bullshit they're just hanging out <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, but i i did i get a sense that they were trying to go for that a little bit that like in when when like the horrors of war aren't happening it's fucking boring yeah well jarhead does that too jarhead does that too but yes. again I felt like Jarhead's just a lot more specific with it. And I don't even really care for Jarhead, but yeah. No, I like that movie. I, I haven't seen it in years, though. Yeah. I don't know. I feel if I'll watch it again. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I felt like that's not what those scenes were about, though. Like, they weren't even bored in them. They were, they were around waiting, but to me, there wasn't even tension in when are they going to get called back because we don't even – it's not even explicit in that. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure or not. They're not even really talking about it. Um I, I found that the music, like... I liked the music, but it didn't fit. It didn't fit. It didn't fit. The score was nice, but it didn't fit. It didn't fit. It's a cool score, but it doesn't fit. Like, the drum beats come out of nowhere. Or the... Uh, to the point where the I... electronic... Yeah. For no, I, when I first watched it, I was, like, a little taken aback by it. Uh, what? <laughs> it's, like, dude, it's very industrial. It's like Nine Inch Nails it, made this. Yeah. Movie. But... And even the drum beats, the, the like, the drummer boy beats... Mm-hmm. Um, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, somebody's drumming. Because mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. <laughs> it was so jarring. 
So I'm like, oh, it's in the scene. And then it cuts. And, and so it'll drum. And then you won't hear it for 30 seconds. And then it'll come back. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, where are the drums coming from? Oh, it's the score? Yeah. And then that came, that kept happening arbitrarily. There would just be music arbitrarily thrown on, it felt like. And even the mundane scenes, they were adding like this sad, tragic... Like when the kid's walking away with the French girls... And the and the friends watching him go. Yeah. And there's this sad, which I would have found melancholic. I, that's music not sad. Playing. There's nothing sad about it. There, that is one. That is sounds two, great. Yeah. I'm like, but what's with the ominous music? Are they gonna go murder him? Are they I like guess the sirens? They're their comrade, the that's, I guess because you're. Trying but he to... came back. Yeah, he did come back. Yeah. So with, with panties. That's what I thought. At first. That was my other thought. Is he going a wall? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But he did. I would. I would have fucking went a wall. Yeah. But he came back. I'll stay with the French girls. So I'm like, why is this? Uh, I, I again, it, that was jarring to me. I'm confused now. Mm -hmm. um, it just felt like they were adding music to certain mundane scenes to give it a dramatic pulse that it didn't have. Yeah, I, I kind of, I do agree. I still like the movie, but I do agree with you. It seems like there was a lot of anecdotes in this movie where it doesn't really drive the the story. It's just no things. Things it's, are happening. Things are here for. During the Western Front. And we're not even really getting to know these characters either. We get to know Cat. No. We do get to know Cat. I'll give you, I'll say that. Yeah, because the letter which scene's I, great. That's a great scene. Yeah. And I really like Cat, and the actor was great. I thought he did a great job. Uh, do you notice he looked like Tom Hardy? Did it, was I the only one who thought that? Uh, yeah, he uh, he looked like... And I also, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get also past the Tom Selleck mustache though. Also, oh really? I liked it. No, I liked it, but it was just like I'm looking at it. And I'm like, mustaches really make people look older. Because <laughs> yeah. this guy's probably like 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks. He's supposed to be the senior. I think he was. He, yeah. Well, his girl died when she was. So uh, he's probably 30. Boy, yeah, I think something like that. But the actor's definitely younger than that. You think so? I think so. Yeah. We could look that up, obviously. But um, he. um it's just funny, like how mustaches just age people. Yeah. and he had a thick mustache, a right. man's mustache. Um, but it's a great scene. A great scene. It's a uh, great scene. That's a so that's a scene where it's one mundane, two nothing's happening, three you're getting across that uh, this is quiet time. They're waiting either for the war to end or they're going to get sent back. And in. they're on the shitter. And they're on the shitter, which is fun. That that's actually nice visual storytelling of how it worked. Yeah. Uh, back then and how it worked on the camp. Um, and you're getting to know these characters and they're building relationships with each other. That yeah. is a great scene. Those are the type of scenes you want when you're having this Paul's dead time. And that's when you can explore these that themes. This was a person before the war. Yes. Who had his own troubles. Right, exactly. Um, and even when they're walking and he has that line about going back in society and he's like, you know, we'll get back, we'll get together. And he's like, what are you going to do? Soul shoes with me? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a shoe cobbler. I can't read. I can't write. You're going to go to university or I'm going to fucking kill you. And that's actually another class distinction there. Yeah. Like, we are comrades now, but in regular society, we don't interact with each other. We yeah. move in different social circles. Another really good scene. Yeah. Really like that. Um, but that was few and far in between. And there were so many opportunities for that. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't like that. I don't see the transformation from Paul. I mean... It just kind of happens and then unhappens when he kills the French guy. Yeah. So, and so at the end, when he's just dead inside and he's like still helping the kid, which was nice, the really young kid that ends up surviving, yeah. right? When the guy sends them into an illegal attack, yeah. um, <laughs> which I'm surprised they did it. And like, they, I, I thought it was going to be a scene where they all revolt. It didn't happen, but it makes sense. Um, you know, I felt like him being just dead inside basically almost wasn't earned. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, he's just dead now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's I. It's not like it doesn't make sense. It makes perfect sense, obviously. But I didn't see the arc. Yeah. There was no transformation for me. It just kind of happened. And, you know, at this point, he's lost all of his friends. He just lost Kat. So he's just like, fuck it. Um, so it seemed like a very strict cause and effect as opposed to a slow transformation over a film. But that's not what this movie's about. Um, so maybe I'm being a little unfair in viewing it that way. But again, I go back to what is this movie about? And I don't really have an answer. Uh, uh, other than the horrors of war, which a lot of every single war film has done and other war films have done better. I'll say this about this movie and I'll, see, I'll say it even for um, like kind of the original also. Um, that a lot of a lot of war movies, even though they are quote anti-war, yeah, they are they do uh, romantic you know, glorify. They not only glorify, but like there's always like a hero. You yeah, know, the the hero guy who yeah. saves the world. Spiel, saves Spielberg us. loves that shit. Yeah, I mean Spielberg is just I, I love Saving Private Every Ryan, but American he's a propagandist. Every American World War Two movie is that. Yeah, we're uh, the heroes. Yeah, we are the heroes. That's uh, just it. There is none of that in this movie, which I with yeah. either movies which i like because it really just shows it does like you said it's generalized but i do like that it they're different from other war movies in that that you know there are no heroes it's just like these people are trying to get by to survive to live yeah. another day they're not doing it you know for heroism really they might some of them might try to do it and think of it but that's the thing the guys who try to do it go over the front line and they get shot in the fucking head right yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I still think other films have done, you know, to a you know a, to a more uh, stylized like kind of mystical degree. Apocalypse Now does the same thing. There's no heroes in that film. There's yeah. no meaning to the war. Um, it's fucking chaos. It's rule. Yeah. It's the law. It's but that's a yeah. That's a weird movie. Though. It's a strange movie. It's not a great comparison. Obviously, it's it's not a straight war film. I no. mean, that is it goes beyond war. Is I mean, kind it's of based off the of background. Of, of, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah novella yeah. is a steamer. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he goes in the Congo, but like, Africa, yeah. but yeah, but it's the Congo versus like what Vietnam's become, and yeah. it's just the fucking like war. This war is the law of the jungle. Yeah, um, you know the scene with Roach, which is one of my, the best movie scenes ever. Um, so and yeah, but you, but you're right. I'm I'm trying to think of other war movies like Grand Illusion. There are no heroes, but it's a di- that's a different film. It's not really a war movie. It's not a war movie. Yeah, correct. I mean, Grand Illusion's one of the best movies ever. Maybe. Yeah. It's and about it's about a war, but it's not a war film. No, yeah, that's that's strictly about classism, yeah, really. Right. Using the war as a backdrop. Right. In that the German and the French Officers. commanders understand each and other better each other. than their own people. Yeah. It's um, a, that's a great movie. I love that movie. <laughs> a great film. It's a masterpiece. Um So yeah, you're right. I mean, it does do that. I I, I it just felt like my criticism is it just felt like a lost opportunity. I mean, listen, this yeah. is a good, it's a good film. This is a, it's entertaining, which is not a great word to use for war movies like this, mm. but it, it, it's engaging. It's, uh, I was, it's rough. It's rough. I mean, there are some, and I mean, that to me is, is the lost opportunity where, um, it's a harrowing film and there are harrowing scenes. But if I had stronger connections to these kids, for example, it would be that much more harrowing, and I would be much more emotionally invested, and it would have a, a much stronger. Um, it would make a much stronger viewing. Uh, yeah. Viewing experience, and it's a shame because like the little things in this movie are done so well. Like, like I said, the visual storytelling is is very good in this movie, um, which uh, 
it's sad because like you said it could have been better i think it's still a very good movie but like i do agree with you it's a good film but like when you see just like his friend's glasses sitting in the mud yeah but dude great example i mean it's great i just met that kid yeah i did you care i mean really like i don't you know i know i'm watching a film i don't want to see a kid dead no but you don't care. You don't because you don't you know get a I mean? sense of really their friendship, their yet. friendship, or yeah. who they are. So like, yeah. now I'm being prescriptive, but I just felt like the movie should have like the first at least twenty the minutes. The setup for the good shot doesn't. Uh, there's no the the lead up to it isn't uh, done well. Right. So as a story, we should have gotten twenty thirty minutes of these kids. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Before before they even go to war, we got. Two minutes. Yeah, they put you right there. Like, and um, I, I get it with the the opening shot with Heinrich. Was that his name or Eric, who gets killed and he's given and Paul is given Heinrich's uniform. Yeah, so I loved all that, by the way. I really like that. That's excellent. I, I, I thought I it was thought a great way. To that's start That's a great movie. way to start the movie. Yeah. So and that's a perfect juxtaposition between the war and now these kids, and they're like, oh, but like, they're fodder. Yeah. Because you're seeing someone get you're seeing someone dead from the from the Western Front. I, I, well, I don't think we're spoiling too much going here, but I think it's just. I mean, a great we've been idea. spoiling. Who cares? But we're not saying too much. Like, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a great. I think it should. People should really. I think this opening scene should be like watched by people who want to do film because it's just it's excellent. In that you see um, a dead soldier, a German dead soldier, in a pile of a pile of dead people, and his uniform is stripped off. You see it go. You see like as a montage as the uh, credits are rolling. You see how this, uh, the ba- the bodies are buried, the uniform is stripped off him, cleaned. Uh, it's cleaned, it's delivered, it's all this stuff, and then you see, and then the the payoff is that after the speech that you talked about, the rah rah fatherland speech, that um, that uniform is given to Paul, and he's like, oh, this is supposed to be somebody else's. And they're like, oh, it must have been that other soldiers. It must have been the wrong side. Yeah, too small. We're sorry. Which is a lie. And then it's a complete lie. And then the cherry on top of just another great visual storytelling. You see him drop the the uh, the name onto the floor, like as just discarded. Right. These people, like regular soldiers, are just disposable. Yeah. In our in our world, which I don't disagree with. (laughs) The uniform's not even yours. Yep. You don't even keep the uniform. We take that back and we yep. throw you in a ditch. In a in a mass grave yeah. where you will not be visited because right. you are with 100 people. Right. Uh, yeah, great visual storytelling. Um, you know, so so I really like that. But now you lost the opportunity to really build that home front propaganda that really drove these kids to really drive home the contrast yeah. between what these kids are told and what they're feeling of what the war is going to be versus the actual reality so like you could have had you do have a bit of that dramatic irony like these kids don't know what they're getting into but i'm not even sure watching obviously because of my not uh, certain knowledge of uh, you know world war one and two i understand i know well enough to know yeah these kids didn't really know what they were getting into mm-hmm. but you don't really get that sense watching that scene. Like maybe these kids know, I don't know what these kids know about the war. Yeah. Maybe someone told them, yeah, it's kind of horrible. And they still convince themselves, eh, no, 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 but we, we want to be in the shit yeah. like that. Well, you actually, you, just, know what I mean? you just convinced me of something actually, because I've read interviews from the director, uh-huh. uh, the German guy. 
Um, and he one of the reasons he made this movie is because uh, even though it's so famous already, one of the reasons he made it is because he felt um, uh, fascism and nationalism are on the rise, dangerously uh-huh. on the rise around okay. the world. And it w- not just in you know Germany, but America, everywhere. He thinks it's a problem. And if you're going to, if you think that, which I don't disagree with, but if you think that, you you would think like what you said, and I'm going to Armand White this, I hate that, but <laughs> you would think uh, you would put more of the propaganda uh, in there. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm saying with the 30 minutes with the kids. Because he really, to- he honestly thinks it's like, this is a big issue that's facing the world and our generation is going to have to confront this right. kind of problem. So you would think uh, you would put in like these pe- people get, uh, you know, revved up against the other, whoever the other right. may be. It doesn't matter who. It's always an other. Yeah, the polarization and uh, the propaganda. And how that's, uh, you know, disseminated to regular people to radicalize them. Yeah. You would think they would, you would, you know, if you're going to make a movie and that's can, warning against that and we put can in a little get, bit more of it yeah we can watch the actual kids get propagandized that speech doesn't really cut it because also from the context of that speech is that old man really is he lying to them like he he's not in the war maybe yeah. he, he he probably believes all these everything he's saying oh yeah i don't know if he's li- like and maybe that's the point but i don't know i i want to see so these, i can stay rich yeah right maybe it's that <laughs> but i want to see these kids get propagandized and then at the same time, emotionally speaking, I'll get to know these kids and we'll get to understand them and exp- and live life with them and experience their friendships and their bond. And so when that bond gets broken and they're killed in harrowing ways, it has that much of a stronger effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what, and yeah, that's being prescriptive, I guess, but it just felt like a lost opportunity, mm-hmm. um, especially when so many great, visual storytelling moments like like that opening scene and opening yeah. montage yeah it's great um do you have anything else you want to say no it's not that much. i listen i i recommend people watch the film oh let's talk well yeah, let's go. go through the endings okay yeah, yeah so first off no i i hate i mean this movie dropped a, a, a notch with the way cat died uh-huh. And the farmer boy just showing up. Yeah. Um, like they were running for what seemed like a couple miles. Yeah. The kid snuck up on him while he walked away to take a piss with a shotgun. His dad's shotgun. Would, and, he's, and it's snowing out and the kid's just got his jacket. Like, yeah. Like he really, he literally popped up like Jason. That's some artsy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so, it, like, I, it almost, when he looked. And I saw his face, and I'm like, what's he looking at? Is it a bear? Is it an enemy soldier? I'm like, the kid? Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this a dream? That's what I thought for like half a second. Um, and then when it cut, and he goes, let's get out of here. It would have made more sense if it was another soldier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also like, really? This is what costs them their lives? Like, what's even the theme? What's the message here that you don't steal? Uh, you know? Yeah. Or I get it. The French, you know, they're in enemy territory, so the French are going to hate them. But... Um, and then when he walks out of the forest, I was like, oh, it's a reversal. He Because I was like, this is really stupid if this kid kills him. This is really dumb. That is an awful way to end his life. And then he walked away, and I'm like, oh, oh, wow, it's a reversal. He killed the kid. Okay, that's actually interesting. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Uh, no, he's got a bullet in his gut. Oh, he's going to die. 
Mm-hmm. This is so dumb. Um, so I hated that. But then they get called to the front one more time. And he's they're attacking the French and they're unsuspecting. So it's just an all-out brawl. Yeah. And uh, Paul is fighting with his Frenchman. They're fighting, they're fighting to the death. And then at one point they fall down into uh, below the trench into the bunker. Uh, yeah. And they stand up and they're it's a nice again, good visual storytelling was this moment oh, where it's beautifully. they're like, it's beautifully shot this movie. Yeah. But like even when they stand up and you could see that like both of them are like done. They're like, I don't want to kill you. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice moment. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then Paul gets stabbed through the heart. Behind. In the behind. Yeah. Um which makes sense. Um again, it felt like a jip a bit. Also oh, so, he gets uh, stabbed. It's so Hollywood. <laughs> well, the most Hollywood part is he gets stabbed yeah. and three seconds later yeah. it's like one Mississippi two Mississippi yeah. three Mississippi the armistice has been signed the yeah. war is over yeah. oops I hated it I hate that yeah that was come on it's really bad that's really bad yeah the armistice should have been like signed already and they're still fighting or whatever you know what I mean that would have been better um, and the message didn't get to them yet or something yeah whatever they knew going in that this that was going to be signed that it was going to happen so like right. why are we fighting the whatever. general who ordered them to, to fight literally said the yeah. war's over yeah it's just dumb uh whatever. so that sucked yeah. um i won't say no it sucked that that whole the, the way it shot and everything is nice but um yeah i don't know it just felt like a jip the story I felt like i got jipped it's not there uh does that happen in the book i mean no. so at this point all four guys. So he loses his one friend at first. All four kids. Uh, well, Cat, Paul, uh, the kid with the black hair, and then the redhead. Oh, then Tajin. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, yeah. Who kills himself? Yeah. They Which all. Was, that was a brutal scene. Yeah. Uh, harrowing. Uh, they all die like, the like day uh, from seconds all the way to a couple days before the war ends. Yeah, like no. all five of them. No, it's it's more uh, strewn about, but um, uh, in the book, how Paul dies is just he's uh, like reaching for a butterfly, right? That's the movie. That's oh, not in the book. Oh, oh, the book oh. is very generalized. The book it's called All Quiet on the Western Front because it's a peaceful day. It's yeah. near the end of the war. It's near the end of the war. They make it clear about that, but it's yeah, not yeah. the day of the end. It's not seconds it's, before the armistice. Yeah, they're getting gets signed. You're getting a feeling the war will be ending soon. Yeah, and it's quiet and it's peaceful, and Paul just dies. He, dies. he gets shot in the he head. Gets shot and he dies, and that's right. and it's all quiet on the Western Front. Okay, like it's just it was like in the beginning of the movie how you how nothing's happening, but you like you'll just hear a shot. That's yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. to Paul. Okay, in the book, in the movie, uh, and it's just an amazing ending, and it really like you said how it earns how he becomes more nihilistic as the movie goes on. Yeah, he just loses his humanity. The thing is. The thing is, so he loses his humanity, but then he sees the butterfly near the near the trench, near like right outside his trench, and he just sees this piece of beauty, right, flying in this horribleness. So it's like he gains a little bit of his humanism back. back, and as he and when he reach for reaches for the butterfly just to touch it, a French soldier shoots and kills him. Right. Yeah, and then and then right after that ending, you see their company, the second company, I think they were called. Uh, marching towards the Western Front, like in the beginning of the movie, and it is um, there's a fade 
as their marching of a cemetery. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a much better ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot better. I mean, seconds before the armistice. Yeah. And then they get take, signed, and then the gets take, announced. taking of the scarf. And yeah. 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 It's not as good. Not as good as an ending. The first one's a masterpiece. It really right. is. It's the first, you know, it was actually the first uh, movie that won Best Picture that was based off a novel. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, it's good film history. Yeah. It's a, I think you should watch it. I will. I, I'll it's watch it. It's film. a great movie. Yeah. Um, everything about it is excellent. It's just, I like older films, but 1930s, pushing it. Yeah, but you got to watch it because. There was an interesting I I documentary it, I yeah. just watched about the history of Best Picture. Yeah, it was on Netflix for a while, and I remember it was on. Oh, really? I think I own so. Because I own everything. I own everything. Um, <laughs> oh, Florida actually, you know, uh, total di- tangent because Chris loves buying, still buying DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. <laughs> I, I still do. Which I make fun of you for, but like, does make sense because, like, especially because streaming, like, it only, I'm not it's buying only worse. I'm not buying Top Gun Maverick. Right. I'm yeah, buying. Yeah specific i'm buying double and like i'm buying specific movies yeah criterion collection correct tarkovsky yes because i want yes i want the fucking goodies also yeah yeah that's what i want but uh i went to a barnes and noble in florida and they had a whole uh dvd section and a whole criterion section i love it like tons of criterion i used to love that it was great i was obsessed when i lived in lake grove the borders in lake grove was excellent i loved i always liked borders more than barnes and borders had great dvd selections yo they always they had, had all the criterion they shit literally had a criterion selection in every borders just yeah. of criterion movies and i fucking loved it yeah, i love the board there used to be a borders right next to madison square garden so I need oh to yeah i bought a bunch of movies school. there yeah when i'm in college um when i go home and i was alphabetized oh man yeah. what a great place it's such a shame they really fucked up borders yeah um but uh but yes uh so All Quiet in the West Front, I think it was that or another really old film, but I'm pretty sure it was All Quiet in the West Front. I had it on my Netflix list for like ever. Yeah. And then they took it off. It's like really worth watching because like... I'm, I know. I, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I probably should have watched it before this. I just, I, I mean, I should have watched it after. I didn't want to watch or read up on the book before watching this film because I wanted to, to, to see how it, what it, what it's like standing on its own. Yeah. Because again, it is a bit unfair not knowing what the intentions of the director is. And I'm, you know, I, again, I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to Arbon White the whole thing and be like, it should have yeah. been this. It I hate that. Been this. I feel bad that. that I said that, but like, yeah, but, but there, if you're, but if you're going to go around interviews saying what you're, why you made this movie, I, you well, put, that's you the thing. Some and like. also, if you're going to make a point to really stress the, uh, not just the horrors, but the, the tragedy of him losing his friends. Mm hmm. Um, I would imagine you'd want your audience to feel that with him. Yeah. And if we don't know the friends, we're not, and we don't understand or experience their bond, we're not going to feel that. Correct. So that to me is a mistake. Yeah. You need, you need the brotherhood. Yes, exactly. And you only get it between him and, and cat. You do get it that's between it. him and cat for sure. Everyone else. No, yeah. but that's the thing in the, in the book and in the original movie, and then cat gets it's the second company. Him. He knows everyone knows and you right. know, they're friends with one another, but like, and then Kat gets killed by an eight-year-old. Yeah. Outside of the war. Yeah. The day the war ends. Correct. <laughs> are we are we serious? We're serious. On a on a fucking off the beaten path romp just to go steal some eggs before mm-hmm. they woke up, even though everybody's awake, apparently they didn't get there in time. Um because they were because <laughs> they wanted to have eggs. Yeah. Or they you know, they wanted to do one last hurrah. And uh, for a laugh, and he gets him killed because the kid can teleport. 
<laughs> Come on, man. It's terrible. I don't know what was worse, that or or, or Paul dying seconds before the, the thing gets announced. Paul dying is worse for me. They like should have that. announced the armistice, and then the guy still decides to kill him. Yeah, that would be better. You know? Yeah, that would be that better. Would, that would all... You, you get the horror of that's way more horrible. Fuck it, I'm Again, killing this guy. Way. Yeah, fuck it. He's got there's a psycho behind this guy's lost his humanity too. Yeah, I'm fucking done. That would be better. I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, that would be better. Yeah. I didn't like the Hollywood ending of that. That's so Hollywood. Yeah, it's bad. It's really it's such bad. A jip. It's like you know, <laughs> especially when you juxtapose the ending I just told you. Right. <laughs> I thought that was the book ending. No, no, it's not. That's not in the book. Um, so the I, book, he's just a shell of himself when he dies. Yeah, and it's just like a just a regular quiet day. Nothing's going on. He just fucking dies. Yeah, which is pretty horrifying in a way. Yeah, that's um, terrible. You should watch the movie, the original, though, because it's also pre Hayes Code. Right. Oh, so it's not it exactly is. what you're thinking about a '30s movie. Oh, interesting. When did the Hayes yeah. Code come into effect? It was in the '30s, but I, th- I think 1932. I didn't even consider the fact that the Hayes Code didn't come in until movies were being made yeah wow that's fun that's that's funny. yeah so i read that's why i recommend it okay it's not exactly what you think right well that's not why i'm not gonna watch it. i mean it's like more like you said the old timey like yeah there's oh definitely that there's a lot of there's definitely some of that there's a lot of crowds around you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> what are you doing it kid you gonna shoot him well listen here my kraut mcfriend yeah exactly <laughs> um that's more so it uh okay um I mean that's that's about it. I mean that's about it. What would what would your score be? I think it wasn't this. I'm gonna. This is. Uh, I think. We're sh- this year for movies has been bad, and there's been a and it's been a couple of years of, of movies bad haven't been great, man. For a few years, I know now. people like, like three to say years, that, but like yeah, because there there was a good movie. Years. There's been at least a, f- a handful of movies every year prior prior to like the pandemic where it was like okay these. The movie this year might not be all that great, but we got like seven really great movies out of this. And right. Okay, that's fine. I'm not really feeling that this year. Um, you know, out from the movies that I've seen or at least I've heard and watched, I don't see how this movie doesn't get like nominated for best director or something like that. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, I don't think it's going to get nominated for much else, but like you can't tell me there are probably better directed movies on a technical level than this. Right. Yeah, technically it's great. So I mean, it, it's very well made. Although, what do you well what shot. do you feel about you know? Because it's all digital cameras now. Do you feel like that takes away from you know portray the portrayal of the time period? Like a um, little too clean. Oh, oh yeah, it was definitely a little too clean. That's the, uh, I was gonna actually you know I, mean? br- like, I was gonna bring this up a little bit at the end about a completely different movie, um, but. I think digital cameras are making things a little bit too clean, but I think this movie surpassed that. Yeah, you said I got used to it, but uh, there's there is a, there's, no grimy film filter that this movie probably yes. needed. Uh, and even like the effects, like when the when he's smashing like the guy's head at one point oh, yeah. with the helmet, <laughs> yeah, um, like the guy's face is just changing bloody, and you could sort of tell this is CGI. Yeah. Um, I I'll give some like that. I'll give some grace to that though a little bit because it is even though Netflix is um, putting it out, it's still a German like they're not exactly Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, no, I get the that. Hollywood budget, so I'll give I'll give them a little grace for that. 
and it, that scene could have been a little bit more brutal if they used practical makeup effects. Right. Um, because it is brutal. He fucking smashes his face in. Yeah. <laughs> Just didn't really make sense. Like the guy's face would oh, make man. would look like that uh, from a round helmet bashing yeah. his head in. His head would have just gotten bashed in. Yeah. Um, but like his skin was peeled off. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, that would be my other criticism of, of how it looks like technically it's like just too clean. So it's, it takes away from being immersed in the authenticity of, you know, the 1910s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, Um, you don't get a feeling of that. Right. No, you get a feeling that this is modernly made. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's just the nature of the cameras. I mean, I thought this, I thought this movie with all of its, you know, problems that you laid out and I thought that you laid out them very well. I still think it's a lot better than 1917. Yeah. I don't know what people see in 1917. Another well-made movie. It's well-made. Don't get me wrong. It's it's very well-made. That movie is not good, though. It's a gimmick. The movie's a gimmick. And that's the thing. I hope... I've been upset. I always wanted to make a World War I movie uh, since I was in high school because I saw a picture by uh, this uh, artist called Sargent, and it's called Gassed. So Google it if you want okay. to later. It's a great painting of just b- like blind World War One soldiers around a mass grave of gassed soldiers who oh, are wow. dead, and they're well, all like holding each other. Well, like even the scene where they find all the young recruits that didn't take the gas masks. Yeah, that didn't keep the gas masks on in time. I thought that yeah. was a great scene and a great reveal. Yeah, I I feel like more people. If you're going to be making anti-war movies, you should kind of do World War One instead of World War Two. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there should be a lot more but like World you said, War One movies. World War Two, World War One, ain't got the heroes, ain't as black and white. World no. War Two, it's a lot easier to tell the story. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. A lot more interesting characters: Roosevelt, Churchill, Mussolini, Hitler. Yeah, but Stalin. you can make well, you can make interesting characters. No, of course. That's, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, for sure. It's There's the greatest hits of historical figures. Yeah. World War Two. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we live in the world they created afterwards. Yeah. Um. But like I feel like any great filmmaker should be doing World War One if they want to do World War. Um, excuse me, the anti-war. War. Yes, because it's just great. It's mm-hmm. great. It's a great uh, setting that's uh, fertile because there's not a lot of them. Not a lot of them. So yeah. Um, what would your score be? This movie. Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with a 72. Okay. I liked it. I thought you'd go a little higher than that. I liked it. Um, I'll give it a watch probably a few years from now. Maybe I'll my mind will change a little yeah. bit more. Uh, nowhere near as good as the original. I mean, the original is like almost 100. So it's like a high 90s, I would say. So. Well, that good. I got to watch this now. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, uh, anything else you want to say before we go into other things, before we... Uh, know head out what how much time do we have left uh we're about just over an hour in oh okay so we have a couple of minutes to yeah shoot the shit here um anything else you that you want to say that's about it you know okay another uh again a little too clean too it's got a bit of that netflix look um but uh (laughs) i i I would recommend the film especially Mm -hmm. if you like war movies yeah and you're right world war one doesn't get enough love yeah it needs love i think it's part of why we don't i don't know uh, no one knows as much, nearly as much about it as World War Two is because yeah. of the lack of portrayal in film and television. It's also hard to talk about like why did why did this fucking dumbass movie get start uh, war get started? Right. 
over another country's uh, archduke getting assassinated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Strange. Which seems like a weird bullshit pretext. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a bullshit pretext because right. nationalism was very high, and they all just wanted to colonize Asia and Africa. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, well, let's switch gears before we head out. Uh, for two things did you see the indiana jones trailer i didn't watch it yet <sighs> talk about something that looks a little too clean does it uh yeah because it's probably made on digital film uh, of course it was um so it doesn't have that like like you were saying like when you watch raiders it's got that uh graininess to it yeah that grainy grittiness exactly yeah. the, there's none of that in it uh, I'm still looking very much forward to this movie, though. How's the trailer? Is, like, I thought the trailer is pretty good. I'm a little worried that it's called the Dial of Destiny, and it seems like there's a time dial involved. Ooh, like the like the. Uh, so here's time the thing. Turner. Yeah. So here's the thing. The trailer makes the trailer is very good because it makes it seem like, oh wow, this is the Indiana Jones movie that Kingdom of Crystal Skull is because we're actually going back to what indiana jones is and like the things that are going uh-huh. back and then you see dial of destiny and then you hear some of the rumors that it might have been it might be like time travel stuff and i'm like Ooh, no. oh we get and we have an excuse to make not. a young indie and cast a young indie is that what it is no no well they de-age harrison ford they irishman him and i supposedly uh, how many years 1980s harrison ford it looks great you see the clips of it oh okay. it looks like it looks like him it's re- it's very well done. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping that's more. Are you sure? Of... You sure? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure. You sure it's well done? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, that that's not really like throughout the movie. I hope that's like more of like just the beginning, like the James Bond opening kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. The boulder. You know. I hope it's that kind of end. Like yeah, leads yeah, yeah. to the rest of the story. Um. But, uh, yeah, I hope there's not a lot of time travel stuff because maybe that's how they get the Nazis in there. Because there's a, there's a lot there's of pun- always gotta get, We always got to get Nazis. There's a, I'll say another thing that I think they did agree with us. The only kind of times you see him kicking ass is when he's supposedly younger. Okay. When they de-aged him. Every single time you see him as older Indy, he's using the whip a lot. Okay. All which right. I think that is a good thing. Yeah. I'm already um, a little worried about this trailer. The fact that you said it looks pretty good because you're going to give it high marks. I love so it. pretty good for Chris means I feel like I'm going to watch it and be like, Ugh. the D the it's a little too clean, uh, but yeah. I well, still that's all movies now, man, but man, I, I mean, we're going to sound old. I sound old saying that I like love... back in my day, but yeah, movies just look too clean now. I mean, it's just, everything's digital. What are you going to do? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, yeah, that's where all the cameras are now. It's, it's, easier cheaper more convenient and it'll probably look better in a movie screen instead of like a youtube clip yeah. because of the the transferring the, the, yeah the um ratio correct aspect ratio and just like the degrading all that stuff uh-huh. but still i still am looking forward to this movie i hope it's good i believe in the people um another thing before we go uh so originally i was going to want to do Gotti next week i'm going to uh-huh. ask to change course okay because it is december and it's christmas time so I was thinking to do the two movies that I choose this month uh, will be Christmas movies. Okay. And then whatever movie after, you know, you choose whatever you, I don't care what you, whatever you want to choose. Okay. So I was thinking, um, I want to do uh, The Holiday next week. Is that, who's in that? Uh, Jude Law, 
Kate Winslet, Jack Black, and and uh, Cameron Diaz. Why? Why the holiday? <laughs> Cause Why that movie? Because it's not. It seems so random. It's not a. It's. Yeah, it's uh, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, and it's there's a, that, and it's a rom com, and uh, I think you'll hate it. Yeah, I think you'll hate it a lot, actually. Eli Wallach is in it though, and Eli. Oh, so what was this? Two thousand six or something? Six, yeah. Eli Wallach's really good in it, actually. Well, he's a great. He was a great actor. Yeah, he took he took it seriously. <laughs> uh, I can't say the same for. It's uh, such a random. There's t- there's fifty Christmas movies a year, and you're picking the holiday from two thousand six. Because, because I don't want. I'll, I'll watch it. But. Well, there's another one that I want to do that actually does really fit our criteria, and that's the Sound of Music, and we'll talk, oh, okay. we'll talk about that when we do it. Because we're gonna do the sound of music, okay? Because uh, it's—I don't know why that's considered a Christmas movie, but it is. Anyway, uh, yeah, I want to do the holiday. Okay. Next week, um, Cameron Diaz is the holiday. Oh man, she, she doesn't give a fuck in this movie. Neither does Jack Black. Yeah. In my opinion, maybe I—I I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, so. I don't know why you watched it at all. Yeah, you know, it's it's Christmas shit. You know? The guy goes digging for Criterion Collection films, watches <laughs> The Holiday, Jude Law, and wants to watch it again. Okay. Different uh, strokes. For different folks. Uh, also, Sight and Sound came yesterday. So we're going to have uh, – John and I will be doing – not only uh, not only will we talk about Sight and Sound's top ten films of all time – uh, if you see if you see any movies that like in their placement level, I would like to hear your opinion. Like say say let's say they put Jaws at twenty five. They uh, they probably didn't, but let's say yeah. you know something like weird or wacky that you just be like that's strange or like maybe it's too low or too high. Okay, I'd like to know your opinion. But cool. uh, Science Sound came out with their top ten. We'll discuss those, and then we'll discuss John's top ten movies, and then our and then mine top ten movies. We'll figure out if that's going to be multiple episodes, special episodes. Or just one, we'll figure that out as we do it. Um, but that'll be like just a bonus episode on top of what we'll be doing. Okay. So yeah. So next week, the holiday. The holiday. You can find. Merry Christmas. It was on Netflix for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm gonna buy this film? No. <laughs> well, if we if we have to find it, we'll Dropbox it like we yeah, did yeah. Elvis. Okay. Um. But we are the Flicky Podcast. You can find us at flickypodcast at gmail.com. You can email us there. Uh, you can suggest films or give us comments. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any uh, podcast uh, streaming service, and give us five stars, subscribe, like to us. Uh, you have anything to add? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.